The Actress by Oscar Wilde, as told to Amy Lowther. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rob Marland. The Actress There was once a great actress, a woman who had achieved such triumphs that the whole world of art worshipped at her feet. The incense of their worship had for many years filled her life and dimmed her eye for other things, so that she wished for nothing else. The day came, however, when she met a man whom she loved with all her soul. Then all her art and all her triumphs and the clouds of incense were as nothing to her, love was her whole life but even though this was so the man she loved grew jealous jealous of the public that the woman no longer cared for he asked her to give up her career and to leave the stage forever she did so easily for she said love is better than art better than fame better than life itself and so she left the stage and all its triumphs gladly and gave up her whole life to the man whom she loved time rushed by and the man's love grew steadily less and less and the woman who had given up everything for it knew it and the knowledge of it fell on her like a chill mist at evening and wrapped her from head to foot in a grey shroud of despair. But she was a brave woman, and strong, and she looked the horror full in the face without flinching. She knew that she had reached the crisis of her life, the crisis on the issue of which her whole fate hung. She saw the situation with a cruel, sharp clearness, which cut into her heart. She had sacrificed her career to her love, and now that love was failing her. If she could not find means of reviving that light which was now fading away, it would soon burn out altogether. She would be desolate in the midst of the ruins of her spoilt life. And now the woman who had been a great actress realised that her art, instead of being a help and an inspiration to her in this darkest strait of her life, proved, on the contrary, a drawback and a hindrance. She missed the stage manager's directions, and the author's ideas and words. Hitherto she had never done aught without them. Every thought, every intonation, and well-nigh every gesture had been indicated to her, for such is the actor's art. And now, when called upon to think and originate and act for herself, she felt helpless and without resource, like a child might who was suddenly confronted with a great problem. But with every day that passed, the necessity for action, prompt and strong, imposed itself on her more and more. One day, whilst she was pacing to and fro with the feelings of wild despair which was within her increasing with every minute that passed a man came to see her 
he had been the manager of the theatre where she had acted in former days. He came to ask her to act a part at short notice in a new play. She refused. What had she to do with the stage, and with that false art which turned those who practised it into puppets, helpless puppets, moved by strings which were in the hands of the stage managers and the author. Today she was face to face with a tragedy of real life, beside which all the mock sufferings of the stage were but as so much tinsel and cardboard. But the manager persisted. It meant money to him, and he was a Jew, and so he buzzed round her with the perseverance of a fly in autumn, who will not be beaten off. Would she not at least read the play? To be rid of him, she read it, and she found that the tragedy of the play was the tragedy of her life. The situation was the same, and a solution of the problem was given. Fate had come to the actress's help in a stage play, she would act it so as to master entirely every detail of the situation. And so she studied the part, and soon played it to a large audience. She acted with a fervour of genius which she had never surpassed during the whole of her career, and the applause that thundered from all sides was the irresistible homage paid by the hearts and souls of men to all-conquering genius. When it was all over, she returned home weary and half-stupefied, with the cries and shouts of the multitude ringing in her ears. She had given them her best, had poured the power and wonder of her soul at their feet. All that was left to her now was a sense of powerlessness and weakness. She arrived at her house weary and flower-laden, Suddenly she noticed the two places that were prepared at the supper-table, and then remembered that to-night was to decide her fate. She had forgotten it till then. At that moment the man she had loved came in, and he said, "'Am I in time?' She looked at the clock and said, "'You are in time, but you are just too late.'" End of the Actress by Oscar Wilde, as told to Amy Lowther.